Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist of the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. A lot to get into here in this edition of Talking Tide, which you can get at our web host at megaphone.fm. You can also catch it on any podcasting app you prefer, including Apple Podcasts. Catch us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, recorded there as well. Uh, just about anywhere you want to get Talking Tide, you can do it. The Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow there, and you'll get links to all our podcasts just the minute they drop. I want to thank our sponsors really quickly. Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and finally DraftKings. All right, Travis, with that, we dive into a look back at SEC media days, relatively uneventful, I think it's fair to say, for the week down there uh, around Miramar Beach, Florida, in the panhandle. And uh, I'd venture to say, Travis, that Commissioner Greg Sankey was just fine with it being a quiet week down there. You think Greg gave him the old uh, talk behind closed doors before the <laughs> fellas went out and engaged with the assembled media, good bread? I think, I think he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think, think there was did. a memo before that, even. Yeah. But then it was reinforced. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't just directed at Jimbo and Nick. Greg probably looked over there to that back corner where Lane Kiffin posts up and says, This means you too, Lane. <laughs> huh? Lane had to get CC. Lane, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Lane, Lane must have got What I got to do with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, pr your primary, certainly Jimbo and Nick, but but uh, your your Secondary. number one, yeah, your number one CC on that memo, Lane <laughs> Kiffin. Yeah, you know, no blood spilled <laughs> on the white sand beaches of the Gulf Coast uh, down there in the Destin area. So a lot to do about nothing. Um, you know, you kind of figured it was going to go that. There was no way Greg Sankey was going to let that to continue no. to just play out in front of a growing throng of media after the comments made by Nick Saban and the strong rebuttal by Jimbo uh, Fisher. And you knew Nick Saban wasn't going to bring up no. anything. I mean, he had already apologized once. Nick Saban, to him, this thing was buried the minute he went on the radio a, a day after it blew up. So uh, I don't think Nick was quite as much a concern as, as for Sankey Travis as maybe Jimbo right? Uh, and, and, and maybe Lane even more so than Jimbo in some respects. Yeah. I think Jimbo still got more Appalachia in him than maybe Nick does. So you worry about that from his perspective, but um, no, it was, it was pretty mundane. We didn't even get a lot of the other stuff figured out that we were hoping for either. Maybe some scheduling news, some other stuff. Uh, it was mostly kick the can down the road type of uh, stuff that we got out of uh, out of the meetings. Yeah, Greg Sankey did say perhaps later this summer or maybe in the fall they'll get something done on scheduling. So perhaps not too long to wait on that. But they are apparently down to two models, Travis, after kicking mm -hmm. around a whole bunch of them. Of course, the 3-6 model, which would expand the conference schedule to nine games, give everybody three permanent opponents. The alternative, uh, and I don't even think it's an alternative. I don't even know why this is being discussed, uh, uh, but but the 1-7 model, would, which would be 
one permanent opponent per school and, and continuing the eight game schedule. Uh, I, I guess somebody must be on the table for it, but I, Travis, to me, it's it's the three six is the only way to go. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt actually just wanted to play one conference game a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where the confusion came in. No, seriously, I'm with you. I don't know how it goes anyway, but the three six or the three, I guess it would be five. But I'm ready for nine. I'm ready for nine conference games, and I would prefer it be the three permanent opponents that way you're able to maintain rivalries. I mean, what's the point of bringing in like Texas and Oklahoma, right? If you can't have Texas, Oklahoma and Texas, Texas A&M, right? Right. Absolutely. With the one permanent, you're forced to pick between those type of rivalries like Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, two would probably work for me. But if I'm forced to choose between one or three, like you said, there's, there's no choice. I would think. No, no. I mean, to whatever extent expanding to Texas and OU was about jacking up the TV into inventory. Yes. The, the 3.6 is the no-brainer because all the 1.7 does is drag your TV inventory down. Right. Uh, because you could say goodbye to Texas, Texas A&M, as you noted, because Texas OU no doubt would, would be preserved. But say goodbye to Georgia-Auburn, right, if Florida and Georgia are going to tee it up for one – permanent game and no other sneaky good rivalries are at least permanent games like Florida LSU. Yeah, they are. You know, they that, are. That's the, those are good games. That, and that I could live without a couple of them. I could live without LSU. Arkansas. You can live without Mississippi state, Kentucky. I can live Chase, without are that. Are you sure? I got to right. keep, I got to keep my egg bowl though. Oh no, you get to keep that. Get no to brainer. keep that. No brainer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, late summer, I think we'll hear something from the Southeastern Conference on that, Travis. And uh, of course, this doesn't go into effect until 2025. So we're looking ahead a little bit there. And it's a, it's an interesting window to Travis because just one year after the SEC goes to 16 teams, the CFP gets turned upside down in one way or another. And so you got the TV man with the conference in that window pretty good too, don't you? There's a lot in that window. Yes. The yes. window is full, as they say in Top Gun or those other kind of movies like that. Yes. Yeah. Sankey a busy is, window. And I don't even think the league is 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 uh the league's not holding back on on making this plane at all. They they're they're looking at this from the conference perspective, but also to the best of their ability, the CFP perspective. Where it's going. You, yeah. you've got, if you're if you're in the SEC, you got to at least throw a dart at the board when it comes to CFP expansion and say, okay, we're going to set ourselves up for the best possible scenario or, or maybe the best couple of possible scenarios where the CFP is involved. Uh, but they'll go to they'll go to 16 teams with Texas and Oklahoma. Who knows what the CFP will do, but I think it's I think it's fair to say, Travis, or fair to guess anyway, fair to opine. The days of the four team playoff, they're going. They're gonna they're gonna open the gate somehow. Can't who knows if it'll be six, eight, twelve, sixteen, whatever. But I think we're looking at the last couple of years here. Couple, I just uh, three, four. You years. You would think, but that's where again the disconnect between the leagues makes it tough. Yeah. when you're trying to project because the big 10 best we could tell or have been able to tell for years views itself as the lead dog 
among right. all the conferences. So it doesn't really want to align itself with, say, the SEC. Now, it, it loves the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 just sort of falls right in line, it seems like, with the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But no, that's that's what makes it tricky when you're trying to decide, do we go to nine league games or, you know, how is it going to look with the college football playoff in six, eight years? Because right now the relationships between the leagues themselves at the power five level, uh, not exactly a unified front right now. Beta bite with an alpha bark on that big 10 conference. <laughs> That's the best way to sum that up. Yeah, alpha bark, beta bite. But uh, yeah, (laughs) you're right. I I think that I think there is a perception there, a self-perception there that that they are they are controlling things. All right. Moving on. The SEC basketball coaches, Travis, suggests to Greg Sankey to move the SEC hoops tournament championship game from Sunday to Saturday. Obviously, that's a that's a pretty small ripple of things that uh uh, were discussed nil a huge topic of course and you knew nothing's going to happen there uh, but uh, it's an interesting move if the sec does it to kick that title game uh, to saturday and back it off of selection sunday just a little bit it, it would be interesting it's sensible um in a lot of ways uh because you think about the if one of your teams is in one of the first four games early in the week right yeah, there's the potential for that. So uh, you'd like to maybe increase that turnaround time as much as you possibly can. So, you know, like everything else, it's not just going to have to make sense. Good bread. It's going to have to make dollars and cents. That's right. So I guess the TV people, there's things that are already set. You've already uh, established contracts, even with your venue. I'm sure um, there's a lot of different things logistically that have to be taken into account than us just sitting here saying, yeah, play it on Saturday afternoon, play it on Saturday night. One interesting note on it as well, Travis, Greg Sankey uh, was was asked about it, quoted as saying that, that the league has some questions about how Sunday games are evaluated right before uh, the selection show some speculation that he might have been referring to the snub that befell Texas A&M. Of course, they were shut out of the NCAA tournament after a heck of a run that got them to that Sunday game. Uh, And, you know, what do you think? Is it possible that as a, as a show of, uh, um, as, as a show of brotherhood that the the coaches uh, are pushing this on A&M's behalf? No, I think it's good leadership by Greg Sankey. Because I think the SEC still is viewed a little bit light when it comes to Selection Sunday. Because, um, and if you're Sankey, you're you're happy with where your conference is at. Obviously, from a football perspective, um, really, uh, just about any sport you can point to right now. But you know, there's been this directive over the last decade or so, beginning with the late Mike Slide, to really take basketball men's basketball specifically, to another level. And they've been successful in doing that over the last five, six, seven years. But there's still another level, it feels like, to attain, to reach. And if you're Greg Sankey, it's almost like coaching and working a ref. It's not so much even that you think you might get the call this game by making this type of statement 
in game, but maybe it gets you the call in the next game or in the right. next half, right? So if you're Sankey, maybe you're trying to lay the foundation for okay, you know, we, we we still don't forget about what we perceive to be a snub of one of our member schools with the men's tournament selection situation for the most recent tournament. Conditioning those refs, those coaches. Like yes. Down yes. The road. I was yeah. good at that in youth hoops. <laughs> you know, I was the assistant coach because, A, you could afford to get me tossed, uh-huh. and I would just work on those refs, you know, yeah. the whole game. So yeah. I yeah. had – My I, value I, showed up in the fourth quarter. You know, I just wear them down. I had a five-minute career as, as a youth assistant basketball <laughs> coach in the Tuscaloosa Para League. Travis uh, oh. uh, was asked to was at was pulled over from the from the bleachers from the spectators bleachers. Uh-huh. Assistant coach couldn't be there. This would have been my youngest one of my youngest daughter's games. She couldn't have been more than five or six. Head coach asked me to sub for the assistant. I say no problem. <laughs> I sit on I sit on the bench and uh, I. I, I, uh, politely, Norman Dale with, 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 without raising my voice, without, uh, cursing or anything, I, I questioned, uh, I questioned a block charge situation oh. about two minutes into the game, Travis. And I got a, I got a T. Oh, right, wow. Right, right, right nice. out of the gate. I never uh, got teed. Yeah. I never got teed, but I can tell you when I walked into that Belk Center, <laughs> not only would the officials' heads drop when they saw me, the scorekeeper, the the, the timekeeper, you know, the poor yeah. timekeeper, some UA student who's probably had an hour of sleep after being out all night Friday yeah. night, and I'm working about start the clock, start the clock. You know, he's there half asleep, he's trying to hit the button. I'm waking him up. Waking her up, you know. Well, well, I got this glaring look from the head Taking coach. Two bucks you know. a game and just getting it from this. <laughs> I get this glaring look from this head coach, you know, who, who I was just trying to do him a favor, you know, and I've already got our squad down three nothing early. And uh, I told him, I said, "Don't worry, I'm firing myself." And I got up and I walked back to the parents' bleachers, and I said, "I'm yeah. afraid you're going to have to go this way because I would because I would have ended up getting talked." I was I lucky. I. I had our friend John Lloyd Esquire as the Uh head coach. So he would, you know, he's the most personable, diplomatic guy or person you'll ever come across. Great coach, too. Great coach. But I I didn't, I I didn't possess a lot of those same attributes (laughs) as Coach Lloyd. You need, but it was a good mix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I had to have that buffer. Yeah. 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 All right. Going to thank our sponsor here <laughs> on the Talking Tide podcast. Now going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates, former Alabama linebacker Jack Smalley, and that great staff of dental hygienists. They'll take care of all of your dental needs, your family's dental needs, whatever they may be, from porcelain veneers to pediatric dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, dentures, and the always popular teeth whitening services. You cannot beat North River Dental Associates. They're going to get you in and out of the chair in under an hour on a routine cleaning. They're great with dealing with the insurance folks as well. And they're now offering Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. So uh, give them a call. Uh, the phone number is 752-3506 if you'd like to make an appointment. Or visit NorthRiverDentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, to be exact. And we talk a lot about Mother's Day. We talk a lot about Easter. All, 
all great holidays, all great holidays for chocolate, as we know. But you know what? Pops likes chocolate, too. And you got Father's Day coming up in just a couple of Sundays. So don't forget about Dad this Father's Day. Get by Peterbrook Chocolates here. Take care of Pops. I know Good Bread. He loves that white chocolate popcorn. He loves it all there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. But you can take care of your dad. You can take care of that special someone. They still have the summer camp availability for you as well. It's always a hit this time of year. Looking for something to do for the youngins? Chocolate Camp, Peterbrook Chocolatier, 205-752-0211. They'll get you hooked up and ready to go. It's Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Finally, going to tell you all about DraftKings. If you're ready for those NBA champs to be crowned, you join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 bet on these NBA finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to your phone. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly if you win. That's promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Travis, we're going to close out with our final few minutes of, a, of an abbreviated Talking Tide podcast with a uh, a look at the latest from the drive-by truckers, a band near and dear to both of us. We've seen them live. Uh, let's just call it double digits time. Yes, yes. And, and, and leave it at that. But uh, out with a new album, Welcome to Club 13. I spun it uh, from beginning to end uh, today for the first time. How about you? Yeah, I have uh, I was all over it a couple days ago when it dropped. I'd actually given a listen. They had kind of... They had kind of teased us with a couple of singles that they had dropped on iTunes and in various outlets. So the driver is one that I had actually seen them do live here in the last month in concert. It's an opener to this latest offering from the drive-by truckers. The driver to me, good bread is a song that could be on like uh, uh, Southern rock opera. You know, it kind of has that days of graduation feel to it. Um, very enjoyable. I think it's a very solid effort, very much heavy towards Patterson Hood, the more prolific songwriter of the two founding members, Patterson Hood and, of course, Mike Cooley. Uh, always a big fan of anything Cooley puts out. He only has two songs among the nine tracks. Uh, but good stuff, man. I think it's, I think Patterson's just getting better, to be honest with you. I think it's, storytelling ability and just um, the variety that he's able to offer uh, lyrically and, and even with the sound uh, is very interesting. I, I think it's for me among my favorites among the drive-by truckers uh, LPs, it'd probably be in the middle level somewhere around there, but always like you, I'm, I'm glad to hear the new stuff. I think Forged in Hell, Heaven Sent, another Patterson song is really good. You got some Margot Price uh, backup vocals there. You got some Mike Mills, uh, member of the legendary band REM, helping out Cooley on um, Maria's Awful Disclosure. Some of the song titles are always great too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I came at this, listen, Travis, as you might have 
as you might expect, with let's call it a healthy dose of skepticism and and, <laughs> and, and, and maybe some uh, some some somewhat modest expectations uh, to go along with it. But and I thought the album and I, y'all say this up front: some of some of my favorite trucker stuff took time to grow on me, right? So right. anytime they drop a new album. I, I never judge it in pen. I always judge it in pencil because a year later, a lot of times I, I think a lot differently about it. Try to recognize that about this one too. I thought the album started slow and finished slow, but I thought it was strong in the middle. Uh, I like for- Shake and Pine by Patterson. I think that's a good, what, what about you? What are some of your favorites on here? I think every single storied flame out uh, yeah. saved it for me. That was a, and leave it a cool. It's a coolie. Uh, yeah. To do that. Uh, I thought that one was outstanding. I thought the title track welcome to club 13 was pretty solid. I would have liked to have seen that at the, at the front. I, I don't know why you don't lead off with that one. I thought that was the first, uh, it was the first track that really jumped out at me. That one's been around, one. but COVID, I guess, pushed everything back or changed things a lot. Um, yeah. I think Welcome to Club 13 as a track could you could throw that on like Pizza Deliverance almost going back. Yeah. Um, that sort and a of couple of these it. songs I thought sounded kind of harken back to some of the stuff that they've done in the past. It's I in their DNA. Could, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you could you could have thrown uh, one or two of these on the big to do even. I yep. think. But uh, and it, and a little hearing horns in a Cooley song, that's a first, right? I don't know that he's see, I, I like I, I like everything about every single storied flame out, right? Except the horns. Right, right. And when I saw when I saw them a month or so ago, Cooley did the song and they had the horns on the I guess road with them. Yeah, I guess it's not the first either, because shit shots count had horns. Yeah. Uh, I think we've seen them do shit shots count live or yeah. it seemed like we did with the horn showed up in Tuscaloosa. I mean, they were probably from right up the road. So, but I saw the truckers in Florida a month ago and the horns were with them. Oh, on the road. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised by that. They're out of the country right now, but I'm going to try to catch them on there. The next time they swing back uh, to the South, I think when they come back to the States, they're starting out West, if I'm not mistaken. And then maybe working their way toward, you know, the, the Southeast, maybe in the fall. So, See, I like the driver. You're not a big fan of that that track. To, I thought it, I thought it was okay. I, I'd probably put it fourth or fifth on. on yeah. you know. But, I tried but, to play it out by the pool the other day, and the mm. wife quickly nixed it as a pool uh-huh. song. It's not a pool song. <laughs> I was quickly, I was quickly uh, yeah. told of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the setting. Travis. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, it's not stuck in the middle with you or Summer Breeze, you know, <laughs> 70s pool gold. It's not Yacht Rock, that's yeah. for sure. Not Kenny Loggins? No, no. All right. Not I'm All Right. <laughs> it's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Had a lot of fun. Be sure to check us out when we uh, reconvene here in another week or two, talking to Alabama athletics. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. We'll talk to you then right here on Talking Tide.